You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. After a false start, we are back. How are you doing, Jeff? Pretty good. What we did uh, was we uh we, we have heavy from some Hartford, baby. Yeah. We what happened is we fucked up and we were recording from the wrong device. And so this is a fake conversation that already happened. This is a fake conversation. <laughs> That's alright. <laughs> but I do want to hear more about your heartburn. That I'm interested in, so tell us about your heartburn. So, like I say, I woke up with some heartburn today, and that's because I went nostalgic last night and supported my local business by ordering some Pizza Hut. Well, he could be a franchisee, man. You could be still supporting a local person. That's true. Wasn't the one we used to work at on Pioneer Franchise? It could have been. If if so, I never met the son of a bitch that owned it. Did you? Not to my knowledge, but I mean, how often's a, a fat cat gonna come in and check out how his Pizza Hut business is doing? You know, it's basically self-run. Depends. You put the manager in charge, and you just kick your fucking loafers up <laughs> on the deck. Give kick your fat ass slacks up. Yeah. Uh. But so what the so my problem is I typically get the like something just 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 fucking terrible like the meat lovers. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like it. But it's, <laughs> it's just ter- it's terrible. It's terrible, but it's delicious and it's going to ruin my entire night. So what what did you get? <laughs> so uh I was surprised by this cuz uh the deal was a large three topping. And back in the day, like, you couldn't fuck around with any half and half. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't do, like, oh, I want three toppings, half pepperoni, sausage, and onion, half uh, tomato, pineapple, jalapeno, you know. You couldn't do that back in the day. But I was surprised that they actually let me split my toppings up a little bit. So I kind of got double toppings. Oh, you're saying if the deal is, like, I missed the first part. So you're saying if the deal is, like... 
three topping pizza for eleven ninety nine or whatever. You can't. You, that's not three on each side. That's three total. Yeah, three total. Yeah, that, that, I do remember. Done. I do remember that. So they let you get away with a half and half triple. They let you get away with a half and half, baby. Yeah, hell yeah! So what'd you get? I got a pepperoni on the whole damn thing because pepperoni's my jam, and then half uh, beef and onion, which was a, a throwback to two thousand nine. Nice. Two thousand seven when we were working. Nice. And then the other half was uh, bacon and pineapple. So half pepperoni, beef and onion, half pepperoni, bacon, pineapple. You're a pineapple guy. I am, but I realize, I I remember how shitty the pineapples, the canned pineapples that Pizza Corporation uses. Yeah, they're not my favorite. I'm, I'm okay with you. I can follow you down the road. I'm not in love with the pineapple pizza, but I'm fine with it. But Pizza Hut's was bad. Pizza was canned, not fresh. Yeah, but it was so good. I I, I like I like some pineapple on my pie nowadays. It's, so it's a nice sweet treat. Tell us about the crust, though, Jeff. I'm dying to hear what your crust is. So I've had too many bad experiences cooking the stuffed crust and cutting the stuffed crust to uh, fuck around with the stuffed crust with an irregularity. So I went classic, hand tossed. Good. Right. For some reason, during the pandemic, pan pizza cost two dollars extra. Not that I was gonna get pan, but yeah, just in case you're wondering, I'm with two dollars extra. I'm with you a hundred percent on the Pizza Hut hand tossed. I, I like the pan; it's okay, but it's super greasy. Like the hand tossed is already fucking me up enough. I can't, yeah. I can't add any extra grease with that, with that deep that dish or whatever they call it. And we we know from working there, like. When you prepped the pan dough, you just fucking stuck this frozen dough patty in a big-ass pan and just caked that shit with the fucking butter wall. Dude, well, it was more than that. It was like, it was like a straight-up, like, we had a a segment um, a few episodes back, Cooking with Short Shorts. Hell yeah. And, uh, our, uh, our our resident uh, pizzaioli... Is that what they call them? Pretty sure. I have no idea. Did, uh, showed us how a real crust is made. And, um, at Pizza Hut, to do to mass demand, you just, like Jeff was describing, you just throw a, a frozen dough disc into the pan that it will eventually be cooked in. And then there is a lot of oil. A lot of oil before you put <laughs> that disc in. a lot of fucking oil. Like, you would be, you would be very surprised. Like, you shouldn't be if you've ever eaten one. But you would be astonished at the amount of oil that goes in that pan <laughs> before that dough disc. And uh, I'm telling you, man, the pizza, it's good. Like, I'm okay with pizza. I'm not a pizza snob. But it fucks my stomach up. And if I go down that route, it's game over. <laughs> game over. I, I agree. <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you on that on that hand-tossed. That sounds good, man. We, Me and the... Me and Samantha might have to indulge in that sometime soon. Oh, yeah. Well, what basically sold me on it was the fact that uh, Jay and Andrea are pizzaiolis. They they said when they got it, uh, it was in like the old, like they they went to the 90s throwback box pizza did recently. Okay. 
So they got that old logo, which is where it says Pizza Hut in that classic uh, 90s Pizza Hut font with the little Hut logo on yep. top. Like, nice and simple. Looks yep. like straight out of the movie E.T. or something. Yep. Now, am I, am I um, imagining this, or has the logo since just become the Hut itself? Like, it doesn't say Pizza Hut. It's just a little Hut. They, they did that for a while. They've done several... I mean, plenty of changes to the Hut logo throughout the years, but now nowadays they they're going nostalgic because they know that's what people think of when they think of Pizza Hut. It's 1995. Yeah, and the world's kind of nostalgic right now because you got to stay home and just eat pizza. Yep. I'm gonna look up their new logo right now. So yeah, when Jay when Jay and Andrea ordered their pizza, they said the pizza was like. Just they opened the box and in this it, they just ordered stuffed crust cheese because their pizza aioli's like that. They just want the the bare minimum to meet their satisfaction. It's it's exactly what I was thinking. I might try to order. And when they ordered it, they said the damn thing was pristine. Like there wasn't one flaw on the pizza. Perfect amount of cheese. The crust was just right. No bubbles. Oh man, you remember? So they, they got real lucky. Yeah, we used to hit it, but you remember, like, when when by the time the dough gets to the make line, you're about to form your pie, you'd have to hit it with the perforator. You remember that thing? Yep. Keep the bubbles down. Yep. But not everyone does that. Not everyone puts care into their pizza making. And why should they? They work at a fucking pizza. <laughs> yep. No, but I think you're right. I don't think this is just a... Temporary thing. It it's showing their official logo right now is the old one, and it yeah. says uh, used from 1967 to 1999 and was brought back in 2019. Well, I'll be damned. So yeah, I, I I applaud them for bringing it back. It is a great logo. I'm with you there. The hut on top is just super simple. Yeah. Just simple geometry fancy. there. It just makes you want a fucking cheese pizza. Yeah, and I love. Uh, Jason and Andrea's pick on that's totally what I'm gonna get. It's just a a cheese stuffed crust. And if you and I don't know if they've changed anything, but back when we you and I worked there, their thin crust was complete dog shit. The thin crust? Yeah, do you remember it? Yeah, it's never a fan. Yeah, it's it's just a it was a chip. It was it sucked. I'm okay with thin crust. Like I'm not anti thin crust, but I just I think their thin crust was terrible. But it could have changed. I haven't been I haven't tried their thin in forever. It scarred me. I'm usually anti thin crust when I order uh, like outside of um, uh, frozen pizzas. I'm anti thin crust just because I I feel like I get more bang for my buck if I get a thicker crust, like a hand tossed. Oh, for sure. That's I mean that's. That's the basis of all pizza right there. Yeah. So you, you definitely want to enjoy that. <clears throat> I know we're getting into cooking with short shorts territory now, but with pizza, man, a lot of people, when they order pizza, they're like, oh, I want, I want a party on my pizza. I want five million fucking toppings. No. It, it, you really don't, or else you want five million tablespoons of grease in that, too. Yeah. Well, just not even that's that. Just gonna get. anything like some certain vegetables produce a juice. 
You've just created too much shit on your... You've just made a mess. You're an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even extra cheese. You want to pay $2 for that much more grease? Well, and you just... The extra cheese super super risky, because how do you know how the fifteen the 16-year-old's going to do that? Exactly. They might give you... Like, chances are they're not going to do anything to make it officially extra cheese. They're just like, yeah, I guess that's extra. I don't know. Or they'll put, like a like, a ton of cheese on it. There's just, you just, that's a big risk there. I remember when we were working there, some people would order extra action cheese. And if you did that when Jeffrey was on the main client, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, Pizza Hut's losing money and my God, you, you're losing years on your life with that much cheese. Yeah. Remember they used to try to make us use those dumbass cups and shit? Yeah. Just, yeah, little portion cups. Yeah, for portion control, which is totally understandable from a business standpoint. But as a, as an artist on the line, when you're throwing down on the pizza make line, you're totally <laughs> you're totally taking away my artistic freedom. I'm not using yeah. them. I'm yeah, not, you're censoring me, man. I'm not fucking using them. Hands going directly in the cheese vat, and then I sh- I shake that across the pie until I think it's see until I see fit. Basically, you know. Oh man, those are the pizza That's days, God. baby. Pizza days. Hey Jeff, is is uh, Kim Jong Un dead? Uh, that's the rumor. <laughs> but we don't know, right? No, no, no one can trust North Korea. <laughs> I heard. I saw the funniest article because, like, TMC uh, put out an article. But their their title said that he was dead. So I was like, okay, he's probably dead. Like, even though TMZ is kind of a clown show, like, they usually... Or they accidentally killed somebody that wasn't dead, I think. Once. I think they may have killed Lil Wayne. Uh, on accident. Like, when he wasn't dead, you know? Wow. It's, uh, I, I think they have one, I think they got one big one on their record, but generally speaking nowadays you can kind of trust them, I guess. So I was like, okay, he's dead. And then I looked at, I read the article and it was, they were just saying that another person reported he was dead and they said TMZ is not reporting this. It's like bullshit, that's what the fuck your heading on your article said. Yeah. That's some crafty journalism there. Yeah, TMZ's full of grease, man. Yeah. I, I don't trust them. I, I never look for their outlets at all. Yeah, well, I know they're greasy, but you know what I mean. They've, 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 uh, you know, how do you say it? Reputable. No, they've uh, broke a couple stories that were legit. Oh sure. But I don't know. So yeah, you, that... you can fall ass backwards into money sometimes. You know. Yeah. Now that'll happen. So Kim, so we don't know if he's dead or not. Only time will tell. Only time will tell, because the Koreans sure won't. <laughs> they're, they're gonna weaken that Bernie's his ass as long as they can. Yeah, they had like some kind of parade or something today. I yeah, think. I'm sure they just had him sit there in sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> just on a float, his dead ass just in the front seat with sunglasses on, little. Yeah. Little stick attached to his arm, waving at people. I was just about to say, you gotta attach a stick to his hand. And just some Korean military man just ducking down behind the chair, controlling his arm so he waves. 
we got some segments today, Jeff. Yeah, it's not a busy weekend in wrestling, but we we got segments to fill those holes, baby. Yeah. So, we got a debut of a new segment. Okay. Do you have a title? It's a working title. It's called Get Your Bearings. Get your ba- bearings or gather your bearings with a landmark. Gather your bearings. Or or landmarks to gather your bearings. Land- I don't know. It's a working title. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll get them on the horn and we'll figure out how he wants to make this roll. But it's a Bears update because even though there's a pandemic, that doesn't stop the NFL draft from happening, Eric. And we need a, a Bears expert. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to have to workshop that name, though. For sure. Um, and we got also have a uh, a Boom DDT dollar bin. Yes, we do. Today, we just which... that last week. Uh, Boom DDT dollar bin uh, with resident milkman and movie expert Bert. Yes, and I'm yeah, excited about this up, one. Uh, shit, you want to do that later in the show? Yeah, I think we should do... Uh, just to tease it, he's going to be reviewing uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin classic, Hunt to Kill. Am I correct about that, Jeff? I didn't check with him. I just, I remember he said that's what he was going to do. Yes, that is correct. Did you get a chance to see it? Oh, yeah. How about yourself? Oh, of course. I loved it. Oh, uh, yeah. I yeah, thought it was a... It's straightforward, but I mean, <laughs> we, we, we can't analyze too much. We got away from movie expert. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think we should start out with the, uh, let's start out with the Bears one, and then we'll do a little wrestling, and then we'll do the Boom DDT dollar bin. Hell yeah. See if you can get old, uh, what's he gonna go by? What's his journalist name? A Landmark? Not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll find that out. (laughs) Okay. Why don't you, uh, pop on some Bear Down music for some segue while I, while I get him on the horn. Well, hold on. Let me find it here. Oh yeah, sorry. I just kind of <laughs> threw that in your lap, dead fish. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that on it yet. Let's see. All right. Well, I'll get him on the horn. You get, pop that on. Get him on the horn. Your tongue is bubble. Huh? 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 Coming in clear. You coming in clear? What's your name? My name is Adam Landmark, and this is getting your bearings straight <laughs> with a landmark or something like that. Get, getting your bearings straight with landmark. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It needs to be. It needs to be workshop. Dive right into it. It needs to be workshop. Landmark. Yeah. Give us a little history on yourself, your context. Oh, you're running the grease pile of a bar down there. <laughs> well, I'm in Denver, Colorado. Um, the greatest, the second greatest city in the world besides Peoria. (laughs) (laughs) True. Uh, just coming to you live from hot from quarantine. Uh, got some hot takes on a pretty lukewarm team. (laughs) So you're, so you're completely fucked by the COVID-19. You cannot work. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) Okay. How long you been shut down? Uh, about, see, coming up on a month and a half. Oh, so you've had plenty of time to uh, gather all these takes and get your bearings. Oh, yeah. yeah, these takes are, they're tried and true. Okay, well, are you <laughs> going to be talking about the draft? Talking about, yeah, let's talk about the draft. I got, I got, I got some, some, some big things uh, 
I think the draft is the least important thing right now, but Okay. Ooh. Do you go oh, by yeah. what's your official journalist name? Is it A A Landmark? <laughs> yeah. I sure. Think... Uh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I never thought about that. Okay, but, uh, we'll workshop that too. Well, go ahead. Let's let's we'll crowdsource that one. Go ahead. Let's get let's get the bear. Or go ahead and reintroduce it and take off. Okay. This is a uh, Adam Hotcakes landmark <laughs> with the uh, with getting your bearings with the landmark uh, emphasis on bear and uh, so here we go. <laughs> Uh, obviously the draft's <laughs> going on. Uh, the Bears picked a God-fearing boy out of Notre Dame, Cole Komet. One word, four letters. Don't make any sense. Sounds like an investment bank. It does. <laughs> Wait, what's his name? Cole Komet. K-N-E-T. Cole K- And that's, what What uh, position were the Bears in to pick this? He's a tight end, but you see, we, we kind of flubbed it with our first round pick. Well, we didn't flub it because we got Khalil Mack, but he was our second round pick, first pick of the draft for us out of Notre Dame. So he's a God boy, loves Jesus. <laughs> he can block for it. What's kind of fucked is that, oh, can I say fuck on this? Of course. Yeah. All right, fuck yeah, all right. Uh, so we in the offseason we picked up Jimmy Graham and his new nickname is going to be Jimmy Graham Cracker obviously but he is our 10th tight end on the roster which I don't know what they're thinking wait hold on hold on Landmark I saw that on Instagram like on the comments section he's literally the 10th tight end on the Bears roster literally number 10 (laughs) that's wild That's... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, unless he runs some sort of like annexation of Puerto Rico play, this, there's no reason for having 10 players. No, anyway, he's like a former Pro Bowler, right? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah he's, he's, at one point, was one of the best in the game, but yeah. he only had, like, I don't know, 12 receptions or something with Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, he's kind of old as fuck. Yeah, and he sucked with. Uh... Uh, Seattle too, right? Yeah, he was in Seattle, New Orleans, Seattle, and then uh, Green Bay. Okay. So that's an interesting pickup. Uh, kind of not a big fan of that. Uh, the big one is Robert Quinn, and he's his nickname will be Robert Quinn, the Medicine Woman. Okay, I like that. Did we pick this guy up? Yeah, we uh, yeah free agent out of Dallas, and he is a fucking all star. He's he's amazing. He's the defensive edge rusher, and he will make a serious defensive line in football, hands down. Okay. So, so, so wait, does that does that deserve a round of applause? I'm sorry. Does that uh, acquisition deserve a round of applause? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. There we go. Good job, Pace. Good job, Pace. Yeah, Pace, Pace is on point on that one. Uh, because last year, we, only, we were 25th in sacks in the league. And the year before that, we were fifth. So that is main, mainly because the defense is on the field all the time because the offense was terrible. Tired. But that definitely helped. I expect over under, I'd say 55, 60 sacks. And I'd go probably the over on it. Sweet Jesus. Damn. Bold prediction. That is a bold prediction. Yep. 
These are hot takes on a lukewarm team. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a, a landmark's coming in hot. AK landmark. Yeah. So, other guy, Artie Burns. Calling him sideburns, no smoking, because we we're hoping that receivers don't smoke him at the cornerback position. <laughs> Excellent. I like that. Just like that. Yep. <laughs> uh, and again, he's a former first rounder out of Pittsburgh. We got him really cheap, too, so. There'll be a nice little competition between him and uh, Sherrick McManus, Peoria. Oh, yeah, that's going to get a round of applause. Yeah, round of applause. Round of applause for Sherrick. Peoria native. Uh, him and Buster Scrine should have a good challenge there. Uh, Kyle Fuller, obviously, is the number one. Screen. Buster Screen. Scrine. As things change, other things stay the same like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs, from small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Oh, it's not important. Not, not important. Uh, so just recently, while I was preparing for this, uh, Bears drafted a wide receiver in the fifth round. Also traded up in the fifth round to get another edge rusher, which we kind of needed a backup for. Uh, Travis Gibson is the edge rusher in Darnell Mooney. So. Oh, Booney. Mooney. So we'll see how that works out. Uh the cornerback we drafted to shore up a little bit is uh, Jalen Johnson. He's had a lot of injuries. Uh, he's had like four shoulder surgeries, so kind of iffy on how that's going to work, but we'll see. Four times the charm. Yep. Well, <laughs> fifth time, actually, he's been hurt a lot, so. <laughs> um, big, big, big deal, though, is the QB battle. Yes. So if you notice in the draft, uh, we, well, we obviously picked up Nick Foles. We restructured his deal so we didn't take a huge hit on salary cap. It's kind of actually a miracle that we did that. Uh, but in the draft, we haven't done any offensive linemen, which was a huge concern for us. But it seems to be that their their mindset is that they're not going to extend Mitch Trubisky for his contract. They're not going to take the fifth-year option. And they're, I guess the assumption there is that Mitch couldn't call out blocking patterns or anything like that. Uh, so the linemen couldn't really do their job. Big Foles is much better at that, so I think they're saying that coaching will help uh, instead of drafting new offensive linemen. Uh, so you're reporting that it was uh, AK, AK Landmark reporting that Mitch Trubisky's fault that the offensive line sucked. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, per my sources in... Uh, 
a guy on the street that I talked to. Okay. <laughs> was he homeless? <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I honestly think that Mitch Whiskey will not be back. Uh, they have a little bit of time to to not uh, to figure out what they're going to do, but I think that he will not be back, and Nick Foles will be the starter. I agree. I 100% agree. Um, let's see. Uh, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, interesting little backfield. Montgomery killed it last year. Um, just kind of sucked that the – you know, they couldn't get anything going because they couldn't get anything going with the passing. But, you know, one, one thing changes. Uh, the offense can stay on the field. The defense stays off the field. And then that's how we went 12-4 and four the year before. So. Okay. A lot of good things to look forward to. My prediction, because of the Packers have shot themselves in the foot with this draft. Ha! <laughs> I say the Bears go eleven and five and make the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh man, AK landmark the hot takes on a debut. Yeah, I'm, you hit the nail on the head there. I was gonna, I was just about to say you cannot leave without a prediction. This is sports well, radio. Eleven and five, and it wins the NFC North. Okay. Oh. Well, yeah, that is that is a hot take. Uh, I, I I guess we should all make official predictions. Jeff, what's your official prediction for next year? No. No contest. <laughs> no, let, like, official prediction for next time they do play football. Okay, uh, 10-6. Alright. I, I, I was 20 Second yeah. place in the North, 10-6. I'm going to go even Stevens. My official pick is 8-8. Eight eight. Ooh, gross. Well, I mean, what what was the, what they go last year? 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, maybe you're right. They should they should definitely get better. Yeah, they're definitely a better team than last year. Oh well, I'll stick with it. I'll go eight and eight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys heard, but Kim Jong Un died. <laughs> we were just talking about it. It's specula- speculatory. <laughs> you, may, you may ask yourself what that has to do with the Bears, and it's uh, well, absolutely nothing. Well, it that's it's still speculatory, a AK landmark, unless you're officially reporting it. Uh, per my sources, um, my cat told me. <laughs> Did you see the new leader? No. His his little sister. It, yeah, it's like cool. yeah, it's like Kim Jong or something. Little Kim. <laughs> yeah, little Kim. Right. So little Kim's gonna be the next leader of North Korea. You heard it here. I'm all in on little Kim. No to that. And your official uh, report is that he is dead. Yeah, he's dead, and uh, for my offices, we are all in on Will Kim. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I'm going to say that he's dead as well, because there was a, uh, per my sources, there was a um, parade of some sort today, and he was not there. Dead. <laughs> is where he was. Jeff, your official prediction on Kim Jong-E? Weekend at Bernie's status still. <laughs> so would that mean he is dead? That they're just walking him around like he isn't? Exactly. Okay, so all three of us officially dead. Yeah, yeah. Ronda 
Kim Jong Dose now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, is, is that all you got? AK Landmark. That was great. That, that's all I got for you. Can't wait to talk to you guys again. Excellent. We will. Thank you for that. Let me give you a round of applause, AK Landmark, for that uh, tremendous oh, report. Good. And one, one, one more time. Tell us the uh, name of your segment. It's uh, getting your bearings with a landmark. Emphasis on bearings. Perfect. Okay. Hell yeah. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good one, man. Nice. They're probably switching back now. Let me see if I can cue this up. Here we go. Yeah. Hold on, Jeff. I'm gonna play the. I'm gonna play the bear down here. Oh, hold on. What the fuck? So that was the first official um, getting your bearing, getting your bearings with landmark. I th- a lot, a lot of hot takes. There were a lot of hot takes. I think he's a little strong in his predictions, but uh, I think I'm probably a little low. You, you, did you go with ten wins? That's probably a. I probably should have gone nine, honestly. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to fall, my my uh, predictions tend to go a little south. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a realist, whereas Landmark, when it, me and Landmark are on opposite sec, spectrums with the Bears and the Bulls. When it comes to the Bulls, he's more of a pessimist, and I'm an optimist. When it comes to the Bears, he's more of an optimist, and I'm a pessimist. Yeah, I, yeah, he was he was definitely more of an optimist, but oh well. Hopefully, hopefully he's right. That was that was fun to talk about the Bears for a second here. Like you said, who knows when the fuck they'll ever play. It should be noted to the listeners that this this Bears expert partially owns and manages a Packers bar here in Denver. Yes. Yeah, we should. He, he's flirting with the enemy on a, on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah. Which bar is open, obviously. So, yeah, so he's, he's, uh, his reporting's compromised. Yeah, there's some compromise in it, but he, he knows some smart football people. I, I trust his reporting a lot of the time. Okay. Well, is this little initial really K? Yeah. Okay. I like AK Landmark for his uh, oh, yeah. journalistic name. It's a, his professional name. Firing off hot takes. Fuck yeah. So that was good. So I, I like to keep that going. It's nice to talk about the Bears. For sure. Especially especially when the football season comes around. Yeah. And but Eric, we have a wrestling podcast and we have obligations. That's right. The wrestling fan who, if they don't live in Illinois, probably are murdering themselves about all this pizza hut and bears talk. <laughs> probably, but uh, hey, man, it's it's uh, in the era of Corona wrestling. Um, weeks are like this, okay? 
It's a, uh, it's a, it's a no crowd show. I mean, we got a couple, I got a couple things I want to talk about, but there's not a whole lot right now, you know? Oh, for sure. And it's unfortunate, but that's, that's the world we're living in. At least they're doing something, I guess. But, um, did you get to watch last night's SmackDown or no? I have not yet. No, neither have I. traditional and watch it five days behind. (laughs) That's right. So, uh... Couple things I want to talk about. When did the um, the Sonya Deville promo happen? Was that last week's SmackDown? Yes, it was. Okay, what'd you think of that? Sonya and Mandy. So basically, shit hit the fan. Sonya came out and uh, kind of turned on Mandy. Well. There's there's a lot of haze here, Eric. You and I have been calling for this split up for how long now? Oh, a long time. A long time, and and when so like Sonya's supposed to be the heel here, she she fucked over Mandy and fucked around with Mandy and Otis's relationship. That's how it should go. Correct. But when when Sonya got to giving her promo. It just reminded me, I'm like, well, yeah, Mandy's been kind of a bitch to Sonya for years now. So this is brewing up. Yeah. And not only is it brewing, it's it's the kettle's boiling over now, Eric. (laughs) That's for sure. Sonya's not pure heel. Uh, Mandy's not pure face. No, no. They're blurring the lines, like you said. But I, I still think you're right. I still think at the end of the day... Sonya's going to be the heel. That's, that's, with what Sonya gave in this promo, how she was always playing second fiddle and everything, it's hard to uh, put Mandy in that light. I mean, how does Mandy play the face card from here on out? Just cover, douse herself in Otis's love? Yeah, pretty much. Like, use the Otis relationship to, you know, because everybody loves that feel-good story. Yeah, but I mean, even her face as a blonde woman, she 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 not not just because she's blonde, but she's got an untrustworthy face. I I don't see that playing the the literal face in this, you know. Yeah, I just think it like the way I know exactly what you're saying, and it makes total sense. But like, there's a couple points where Sonya was was playing the heel role, and then afterwards on social media, she posted like a. Like a sexy picture or something was like, I can do, um, I don't know what the fuck she said. I, I can do, I can do photo shoots too, bitch, or something, you know? Like, (laughs) yeah. Or I can do sexy too, bitch, or something. I don't know. So like, I feel like she's at the end of the day, but maybe maybe you're right. I don't know. I've always been a Sonya fan, so I'll take her. Now, performance-wise in this promo, yeah. she started off sobbing like uh, she was a concerned friend. Eric, she sold me. No, that's what I was going to say. That's why I brought it up. That's why it was one of my talking points was I thought her promo was excellent. I think that that was out of, like not out of nowhere, but I don't think that we knew she had that in her. And I no, thought she, she worked me well. I thought it was very surprising. And maybe that's yeah, the she, wrong she word, went but from sobbing to I don't give a fuck, like yeah. in, a, in a blink of an eye, it, it was amazing. 
Yeah, no, I thought she did a really solid job. I thought it was the best promo of the week. I'm going to give it my promo of the week seal. That's, that's, that's a high praise, Eric, and I think I'm agree with you there because there wasn't that many promos. There wasn't. So it's not, like you said, it's not up against a lot of stiff competition, but I thought it was really good. And uh, I thought Especially it was... For, that's basically your first promo, is it not? Like, yeah. not in front of a crowd, but not backstage. Yeah, like first, like... I have all I got some mic and five minutes promo for sure. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever seen that. It's the only thing. Uh, I... How does Dolph, excuse me, how does Dolph, I thought uh, Dolph's part of the story really uh, crapped the entire story up. Like that's where Sonya's story started to fall apart was like the fact that Sonya was saying to Mandy that she, was doing this to screw Mandy over. But then at the same time, she said she was trying to hook up Dolph because Dolph genuinely likes Mandy. Like, okay, so you're trying to screw her over from Otis, but yet hook her up with a equally as attractive guy, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense in the sabotage realm. Yeah. It, yeah, the story's a little, a little wishy-washy. But I still... So, so I, Dolph just takes a... Step to the two steps to the side, out of the frame, then we can continue on with this, and I have absolutely no problem. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, and which I shouldn't have done because I didn't have not watched SmackDown. But oh well, I'm already there. So uh, there's a match that must be scheduled for next week or something, but it's Otis versus Ziggler for the last spot. Spicy. So, they're going to have a little, some more of that going on next week, apparently. So, I guess Dolph's affiliation with Sonya kind of cements her in the heel realm, even though she's, her argument on her promo kind of made Sonya in the right, you know? Yeah, yeah. Word lines, Alan Thick. That's right. Or Robin that's, Thick. That's right. Yeah, Alan's, Alan's dead. Alan has passed. Rest in peace. Yeah, dude. Alan was great, though. Take a peek if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, was there anything else? I don't think... Like, that's the only thing I remember from SmackDown. Oh, it was the... This is the other thing I wanted to talk about. This is when they... SmackDown's when they announced the change to the Money in the Ladder Bank. Your Money in the Bank ladder match, right? You're not the first or the last person to botch that name. Tom Phillips has done it several times. <laughs> Money in the ladder bank. Yeah. <laughs> bank in the ladder match. Yeah. So at the bank in the ladder match this year, they are going to climb the corporate ladder all the way up from the first floor of the uh, WWE headquarters all the way to the roof where there will be a ring and a ladder and a belt suspend or the or the briefcase will be suspended on the roof what you, oh. yes what are your thoughts it took them three times of cutting this same teaser for it to sink in for me like i was just playing my phone games and such while they cut their stupid little talking points on smackdown i don't pay attention to phillips and byron when they when they get the tight frame <laughs> so, uh, like, they, they just kept saying, climbing the corporate ladder, and 
most unique Money in the Bank match ever. And I was just like, okay, you're playing the pandemic. You're trying to upsell. This is just another Money in the Bank with an empty crowd. That's how it's unique. And finally, a third time, I'm like, wait, what? The They're in WWE headquarters? Yeah. So I, I love it. I don't know about you. I don't know. My, my one question is, are they having both men and women at the same time? I don't know. Because it, I, I can't see two matches uh, in a mobile location, in the same mobile location, you know? Yeah. It's, it seems a little weird. Uh, if I was doing this myself, I'd have one traditional Money in the Bank match. Let's face it, probably the women's, because as much as they want to advocate women's rights, women still play second fiddle unless Stephanie McMahon wants to do her woman's parade routine. <laughs> put on the pantsuit? Yeah, put on the mom pants and pretend that she's a, you know, huge woman rights advocate. I think it's, I don't know, I, apparently it's already been filmed. I think it's going to be, I don't know, I, I got good expectations for it. I think it's going to be sick. I like the idea of taking it out of the Performance Center, because we all know that that can get very boring. And uh, I think it's going to be like something, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to be shot like a uh, like a street fight match. Like I, I think it's going to be on the, the more like the cinematic shit they do, like a movie match. Oh, do you? Because at first, my immediate uh, thoughts was a mixture between the Booker T. Stone Cold grocery store scene and every 24-7 championship title match that we've seen. Yeah. I think they're going to so do the movie running thing. running through the hallways with the camera just panning left to right. Yeah. No, I think they're going to do the movie thing. Oh, that's good. That, that that's, that's a step up. I didn't think of them doing another movie match with this, and I think that would be a lot better. Yeah. I like how also, they call it... Oh, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, I like how they call it climbing the corporate ladder. Like, that is just so funny to me. Like, somebody... St- like, which one of these guys is most likely to stop off and suck off Vince McMahon to climb the corporate ladder? <laughs> really climb the corporate ladder? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta be King Corbin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't. Maybe we didn't even know about him. Oh well, I guess we do now. Whoops! I I, I was gonna say I got the winners of the Money in the Bank match, but not in like a like I just wrote them down in each match. I don't have them centralized or anything, so I don't know who's in it. Uh, from where we from where we stopped watching, it was so not including last night's SmackDown. It was Daniel Bryan. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, and Apollo Crews. Oh, that's right. Which that, I was, that was the Money in the Bank qualifying match. So that it could have gone either way for once. Which one, Apollo Cesaro. and MVP? Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that one, and I felt the same way with Apollo versus MVP. Just because MVP is that veteran that you can stick in that spot. Yeah, I just thought, but I, I, well, I was gonna hate it for sure. I was gonna hate it. I was gonna be real pissed because I always, I always root for Apollo Cruz for some reason. So yeah. I, I thought that was, I, I was glad to see him in there. Obviously, he's, he's not gonna win. Right Apollo Cruz is underrated, like in ring ability, just 
they, they, they don't trust him on the mic whatsoever, so you can't really build his character too much at all. I know, it's so tough for the people that can't talk. Yeah, he's, he's in that ricochet Cedric Alexander spot where just come and impress me with your moves. Show me your moves. Yeah. So we'll see. There was a, there was a rumor that uh, Triple H was going to be in this match. The King of Kings? <laughs> the King of Kings! Triple H! But no, it's not going to happen. No. Uh, well, a quick side note. Uh, he's having his 25th anniversary special, right? And that's what you're referencing there? Yeah. Was not it? Was that what happened last night? Was that a SmackDown? Uh, I, know it was, I know it was on either SmackDown or Raw this next week, so we'll, we'll talk about that next week. I'm pretty sure it was SmackDown, so I think that just happened. But I hate that introduction that you gave that Steph gives at oh. WrestleMania for Triple H. Like it, it is unbelievable, dude. I, I go back and watch it frequently. It, it, like, why does she think that tone is a good tone to use? Like, have you not learned anything from Lillian Garcia or Rest in Peace, Howard Finkel? It was, dude. I. It's like it's menacing. It's terrifying. It's like a gnarled, it's gnarly. I mean, it's something. She looks like a complete psychopath. She does. That's when she has the frizzy hair. Yeah. Curly hair. Which she looks good at that WrestleMania, for sure. Like, that that really paints the picture of, like, a witch. Like, she looks fucking crazy. Don't get me wrong. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. She looks insane when she says that. But, like, if you, if you watch that WrestleMania, she's looking pretty fine. But just that that scene right there, holy shit. It is, it's nightmarish. It's crazy. The king. Uh, to give a reference to Hollywood or for any Harry Potter nerd, she looks like Bellatrix Lestrange from Harry Potter. <laughs> If you recall who that is, sir. No. But I will look it up. What was it? What was the name? Bellatrix. Like Nikki Bella and Trix in, in the same first name. B E L L A T R I C K S. No, T R I X. T R I X. She's cool as shit, man. Whenever you switch that to the X, that's cool as hell. <laughs> Oh yeah, I can. Yeah, definitely the hair. Yeah, the 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 hair for sure. 
anyway, um, yeah, Triple H 25th anniversary special. So does that mean he's going to lean on the ropes for 25 minutes and cut a promo? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, too. I would love that. But I guess uh, Michael Scott had been mentioned. Michael Scott. Michael fucking Cole. Excuse me. <laughs> Michael Cole had been had been mentioning a couple times that Triple H had never won the Money in the Bank briefcase, which led people to believe that he was going to be in this match. Which I, th- uh, the marks. I know, but that would have been cool. I'll, I'll agree with him. Yeah, but would it be cool to have Triple H holding a Money in the Bank briefcase that makes no sense for him to hold since he is the King of Kings already and can <laughs> just book himself in a match? Yeah. No, I get you. you know. I get you. But in these trying times, you know, where, like we talked about, weekly wrestling is generally bad. Yeah. It's uh, it's somebody you could trust with a microphone and to be an asshole and to hold the briefcase. and. Uh, you, you can trust him with a microphone, but don't trust him at the announce table. It's so weird yeah. that he has that, uh, that little switch mentally. When he gets on the announce table he's like a cool bro but then when he gets in ring he's just triple h in character so it it falls out easily yeah it is weird that that doesn't translate but we it it has been proven that it does not so strange man um anything else from smackdown last week no the that was really my only two talking points on wrestling I was impressed by the Sony Deville promo. And then everything else was pretty much uh, qualifying matches from what I remember. How did... Uh, I, had, I have a star on Corbin attacking Elias backstage. What was special about that? See, now that might... Did that happen at the end of Raw? No, this is on SmackDown. Oh, yes. Corbin's on SmackDown. I always forget. He, he basically... Uh, Elias is having another concert, and Corbin interrupted it, uh, smashed Elias's hand in between two of those uh, rolling crates. You know, his guitar in hand, man. You can't smash oh. Arp's hand like that. Yep, now I remember. And then he pulled a double J Jeff Jarrett and smashed the guitar over Elias's back. Yeah, I, I, don't, I do remember it now, but I don't remember anything. I mean, I thought it was fine. These are two up-and-comers, two young guns, and i like to see how this feud goes. I hope they don't shit on it. Yeah. Well, anything... Uh, it was time to work, you know? Yeah. Any Anything... I, I like... I agree. Both both of them I like to see more of. Speaking of Money in the Bank, Baron Corbin's one of the, like, one of the recent people to actually fuck up that, right? I know he, I know he fucked uh, up the last time. He had the Money in the Bank contract at one time, and he blew it. Yeah, I want to say he tried cashing in either that same night or like within weeks. It was in. I think it might. It, no, I think it was within weeks. It was a short run. Or a couple of years ago, Carmella had the money in the break, bank in the ladder briefcase, <laughs> and she she held on to that for literally almost the entire year. And then she won it again. Oh man, she's a two-time so I champ. Th- I think that like gave people like 
okay, enough of the damn money in the bank, because she would just always come out and, you know, threaten to use it yeah. for months. So the last year or two since then, they've they've had all the money in the bank winners basically just use it almost immediately, like greedy fools. Yeah. Which, which I, I'm down with, but let, let's let's find a happy medium this year. If you want to wait till October to use that, that's fine with me. Yeah, I think it's it's all about who gets it, right? I mean, if it's yeah. a, if it's a person that can handle the weight of that, being you know walking around with it and cutting promos and being a douchebag, and then they can stick around. But some people, I don't know. I think Corbin would have been good at it. But so at the, what? but at that point, Corbin was that was pre Constable, which is really the change in his career. You know, the Constable was. I think so. When he cut his hair. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, you're right. He was a lone wolf when he won money in the bank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's on a whole nother level now. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, he's climbing that corporate ladder. And, he really is. You know. He really is. He might he might stop off in Vince's office and suck him off on this pay per view come May tenth. He's getting better though. I remember, I remember at what point. In our wrestling fandom, Eric, we clown both Elias and Corbin. And they they have they've learned a thing or two yeah. on the Boom DC <laughs> podcast because yeah. they, they are they are progressing, man. They are yeah. coming good. They have proved us wrong. Yeah, let's give them a round of applause. Eric. Yeah, I I think you're right. Corbin's got the best fists in WWE, best fake punches, and then uh, let's also give it up. To Elias for learning how to play the guitar, I'd say efficiently at this point, and uh, for looking like an absolute hunk. It's, it's also insane to see Elias' progression on the guitar in real time. Oh god, when he first started doing it, like, I mean, it's always kind of, it's always a comedy routine, so it doesn't really matter, but when he first started doing it, it was like, ah, oh, it's, it's a little rough, you know? But yeah, I mean, he's probably had it played in at all but now you could see his progressions like he learned a couple of easy chords and then he started learning his blues scales and shit and now he's everything's everything's better the rhythm you know it's more on time it's 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 getting good as a music teacher i'm proud of him yeah (laughs) yeah uh so what real quick we got what do you know who you knew about in the women's or side, or do you care? Because I have the list here. Uh, you can tell me the list. Okay, so Asuka, we knew about. Shayna Baszler, we knew about. Nia Jax, we knew about. Dana Brooke, I think we knew about, right? Uh, not sure on that. Not sure on that. Um, Lacey Evans, not sure on that. And then it looks like next week we got a match between Mandy and Carmella. Mandy and Bella? Yeah. Is that on SmackDown or Raw? That would be well, I guess SmackDown. that would be on SmackDown, right? Yep. Because that's where Mandy does reside. Um, uh, yeah, Dana Brooke beat Naomi, Eric. Oh my Not god. Sure how I feel about that. Why? I don't remember that. That should have made me mad. 
That's a qualifying match. That's whack, dude. I, it's one of those where I thought Naomi was going to win. So I was kind of uh, torn on my response because, I, I, you know, we're, we're Naomi fans around here. You and I both know this. We've been pushing for her for years. Yes. But uh, I also gave WWE shit for making predictable qualifying matches. And they, they threw a fucking wrench in that, in those spokes. Yeah. And that's a problem they have every year, but that's probably... That's probably a problem that's inherent to wrestling. Just because you, you know how it, when you once you've been watching long enough. But you're right. That's surprising. That I don't. I'm surprised I don't remember that because that should have pissed me off. Oh, but, Eric! Another thing from SmackDown we glossed over: the Triple Threat Tag Team Championship, Big E versus Jey Uso versus The Miz. Oh yes, we would be remiss not to mention that. Uh, New Day is your eight time now? Eight five champs. That's legendary. That's and a, Big that, E had the, probably the best title belt celebration I've ever seen. On uh when he was sitting on uh Corey? Oh he's he's just doing everything. Once he won the titles he was hugging on me he was licking and kissing the titles. He does not Concern himself with coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. or maybe the titles were disinfected at ringside because he was he was getting his lips all up in on those titles, man. Yeah. He was just rolling around with them like like they're puppy dogs. He was just living it up. I loved it. Man, New Day's legendary, dude. That that's in the same category as any legendary tag team. Yeah, eight time champs. That's gotta be, man. Usos too. What a couple of legends. Yeah. They just need a third. I don't know if there can be a third tag team to uh, com- like do an equal comparison to the Hardys, Dudleys, Edge of Christian era. But not, if, not if right they now. got a third stable tag team to just ride out from here on out with them, that'd be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. yeah like you said, not right now. They keep everybody... The revival was cool. I like them, but they they left. I guess. Uh, God damn! Completely forgot about them for now. What what happened? They go to AEW. Probably they 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 weren't part of the COVID cut. They were like the classic like they've been asking for their release for a while and blah blah blah. Which I yeah, that is a shame. I thought they could have been something really cool. Um, uh, but yeah, we're, so, uh, we're going on about an hour here, Jeff, so we got to get to Bert. Was there anything else good from wrestling this week? Uh, I just want to give Oscar a round of applause on her charisma. Ever since the COVID outbreak, she <laughs> has been true. bringing it every single week, and I love it. That's true. She's great on the announce table. And she's... On the announce table, even at backstage, like her and Kyrie are dancing, and like, she's, she's loving this. There's no racist-ass wrestling fans yelling blood at her every time she opens her mouth, so she's free to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Let's give Oscar a round of applause. A fearless, fearless among this COVID-19 bullshit. And also, I worry that I'm seeing too much Selena Vega on Raw. This yeah. is two weeks now, and I swear to God, between the two weeks, she's probably had an hour and a half of airtime. I wonder what's going on with that. 
They're doing so and much like, of that. Yeah, logistically, it's easy. Like if you play this faction route and just show the same three, four people throughout the night, that you can consolidate the amount of talents you have to bring in. But at the same time, okay, we get it. You're pushing theory. You're pushing Almas, and you're pushing uh, Garza. But does it have to be that heavy of a push? I, I often wonder, like, because I know they're taping some of these and then some of them are live and it's real confusing. Just maybe, you know, they did the last two weeks in one taping or whatever. You know, maybe that's why. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that could make sense. I don't know. But, um, yeah, we, we, we're getting a lot of Zelina Vega, which is a shame. Like, I, I wish they would back it off a little bit because I really do like that faction. Yeah, it's a good faction. It's just too like they're not that dominant. They're good up and coming wrestlers, but they're not that dominant to be taken over Raw yet. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we, we got D Mac versus Seth Rollins set up for Money in the Bank, Bank and Ladder. Oh yeah, yep. So so far, there's D Mac, Seth, Bailey, Tamina. That got announced. That was kind of interesting. Bailey versus Tamina. Yeah. Oh yeah, she just beat Sasha, didn't she? Yep. Um, Braun Bray, and then the two Money in the Bank ladder matches so far. And when is Money in the Bank? Uh, May tenth. Oh, so that's coming up pretty quick. Yeah, I believe About two it's. Weeks out. Yeah, two weeks out. So. Hell the, yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep we'll keep update on that. We'll keep everybody updated on Kim Jong Un. Uh, if he's dead or not, and, um, uh, I'm actually kind of excited about the Money in the Bank pay-per-view for those two matches, those, uh, movie matches, if you will. Now, do you think Braun and Bray will have any sort of movie magic? A movie, baby. I don't know, and, uh, it is Bray, by the way. It's listed as Braun. It's not not the Fiend? No, not the Fiend yet. So... He should. Well, that, that, that storyline didn't push it all this week. All that happened was Braun got sent to Sheep's Mask that he used to wear back in the White Clan. That's the only thing that happened there. Yeah. I wish, like... <laughs> Good. I was just going to segue. I, I need a glass of milk in a movie review. Tell ya. Why don't you try to get old Bork on the line? Let's talk about some fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell yeah, dude. I'll call him right now. Give him a jangle. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage. During the challenging times we're all experiencing... Podcast for the Boom DDT Dollar Bit. Hey, what's up? Boys. What's up, Bork? I just played a little uh, Stone Cold theme song, and it just reminded me: uh, Was there ever a time where Disturbed did Stone Cold's theme song, Jeff? Yeah, uh, when, when he was preparing <laughs> from injury, 
uh, disturbed. This was like probably when you're watching your WrestleMania 17s around 2000, 2001, that, that era. Okay. He, he got rid of the CFOs and he went to the big boys and had them do a rock and metal version of his song, which admittedly does fucking rock. Yeah, it really does. The one I just we just had on the podcast here is the old one, but it made me think like, oh, I remember the old, oh, the old Stupefy guy on this one. Yeah, I didn't know Stone Cold was down with the sickness. Oh, of course, of course. So. Welcome to the podcast, Spork, and uh, thank you for another Boom DDT dollar bin. What are we going to be reviewing today? Oh, no problem. Thank you. Uh, today's selection is called uh, Hunt to Kill, Ooh. and uh, it came from Wolf, which it makes total sense now, our, our other filthy casual Wolf. But uh, this movie was on Netflix, and uh, it was pretty good. I it's... Actually- uh, you want me to tell you a little bit about it? Yeah, give us give us a rundown of the uh, the whole the plot and everything before we break it down. Yeah, it's uh, it's a rated R movie. Lots of good violence. It says it's very forceful and like actiony, which was a weird description, but it's forceful. But uh, it's an action thriller, and it also it's under the Canadian action genre too. Oh. <laughs> but uh, it came out in 2010, and. Uh, this story, I mean, what can I say about it? Uh, I'll give you a little thing here. U.S. Border Patrol agent and deadly hunter Jim Rhodes mm. takes takes violent revenge when a group of desperate thieves kidnaps his daughter after like their botched robbery, and that's that's kind of the, the gist of it. It's very simple. But yeah, it's one of those movies where. Uh, he encounters like the evil element and then all of a sudden the tables are turned and the bad guys are in his element, which is the woods. And then it all just goes to hell from there. And he, it's very, it's a very predator like movie. I was, gee, I'm so glad you said that, especially the second half of the movie, like the, the movement of the camera and everything. I was like, they're, they're just trying to be predator. Yeah. Cause halfway through the movie, uh, the, the thieves leave him for dead in the woods and then he has his little montage and he's like sharpening sticks and smearing mud on his face and shit. And <laughs> it, was, it just felt so predator to me. I was like, oh God. It was just like Arnold's scene when he's about to go toe-to-toe with that motherfucking predator. It's like I got nothing but my wits in the woods, so here we go. This movie, uh, is once again, it's in, it's called Hunt to Kill. And uh, it's on, what was it on, Netflix? It was on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, Hunt Hunt to Kill on Netflix. I, I actually recommend this. This movie it was very simple, but it was hilarious. There's a couple of severely botched uh, stunts that, that I thought were <laughs> yeah. wonderful. I missed those. You gotta you got fill me in. Okay, tell us about the one thing that me and Bork noticed is um, when he was climbing up a wall. Yeah, his, uh, this takes place in, like, the Pacific Northwest, I assume, it says, or it says, like, Montana, but, like, yeah, these woods, there's, like, high cliffs and rocks, and there's a few scenes where, like, Stone Cold is, like, going down the cliffside and going up the cliffside, and it's just, he looks like Spider-Man, because, like, there's no, he has, like, no weight that he's pulling up on his own, it just looks like he's, like, 
going by his fingertips slowly up the cliff. Like it looks hilarious. Yeah, he's being he's being like, hoisted by the rig, the rigging, and yeah, uh, lifted him up. He's being lifted, and you know <laughs> it's just an absolutely terrible job by Stone Cold. It looks like he's not trying at all. Like he's just yeah, and then, putting his fingertips on the rocks and kind of scraping his boots here and there, just like yeah, send me up. This fucking movie sucks. And yeah, they they do they do it again later where they leave him for dead and he he falls down the cliff again and then climbs up it again and they use like the same footage and it's hilarious like well like did he just fall down the same thing again like he falls down in this movie Hunt to Kill on Netflix Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> in this movie he falls two diff- two different times I mean gigantic falls like that would definitely kill you. And he just yeah, yeah. he just Thanks. somehow goes down him like with his nose to the rocks and just kinds of shimmies down at an odd speed. It's definitely not a free fall. It's it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen. Like you ha- just to watch this movie just to see how Stone Cold falls down falls off a cliff is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a big boy. Yeah, and he just falls. That's what I was thinking of, like, you see him earlier in the movie, and he's supposed to be, like, young and action-packed, like, he's running around with guns and stuff, and he just looks like a dad just chugging along, like, he's kind of, like, out of breath, and, yeah, like, fall- falling away from explosions, and... Yeah. What was the <sighs> original, like, when the when they set the scene for the whole movie, when, uh, the, uh, the, the, the robbers or whatever shoot the uh, sheriff at the local sheriff's office there in the small town. And then uh, yeah. his daughter's there. You know that scene? Yep, yeah. Like, it, what exactly... I'm trying to remember, what did they? what is the the back and forth? Like, I, you need to show me... Oh, they're trying to find the guy that stole the money. Yeah, the, okay. at the beginning... Um, when the two stories are separated and like the groups haven't met each other yet, uh, you find out that the thieves were like double crossed by their old boss and like left for dead. So they're hunting him down and he ran into the woods to get across like the Canadian border with the money. So they're just like on a big, like big expedition, to just find this asshole and kill him and get the money back in the woods. I guess what I didn't understand is like at that point they didn't know that stone cold, and that girl was his daughter. So it's oh, like, yeah. so it's like, why, why, why wouldn't Stone Cold just be like, no, fuck you, I'm leaving. Like, what are you talking about? Santa Bucks are back at Meyer now through Saturday. You decide what's on sale and save even more on the things you love, like a Nintendo Switch Lite, just one ninety nine ninety nine, or an LOL Surprise OMG twenty twenty collection for thirty nine ninety nine. And Meyer is now offering free pickup on orders of $50 or more. So we do the shopping and save you time during this busy holiday season. Enjoy the great deals at Meyer. Exclusions apply. Visit Meyer.com to get started. Like, why should I show you around the woods? You know? I think it's because um, <laughs> they already had his daughter kind of in custody and, like, he didn't want them to hurt her. Oh, and, like, okay. It's, this is the annoying part of the movie where it's one of those movies where the heroes know something that the villains don't. And the whole time the villains don't know that Kim is Jim's daughter. Yeah. But it's like, it's just stupid. Which, uh, Kim was hot by the way. And I felt that felt dirty, but I did a research check Bork, and she was like 22 when that was filmed. 
So, I was going to say, in Hollywood, okay. most of these actors playing teenagers are usually 25, so <laughs> yeah. you're all right. Okay. It was a little frightening at first. <laughs> now, um, what I don't get plot-wise, Bert, is why are these robbers, when they're trying to hunt down the uh, double-crosser, why did they go to a 75-year-old cop in the middle of Montana? That's what I I was wondering, but I think it might just be, like, such a small mountain town that, like, that's the only guy there is, like, just the sheriff. Like, they don't even have, like, a big jail or anything or any, like, it felt like it was just, like, you know, like, the small town, like, a few conservation officers and, like, maybe a sheriff or two. So Old Man River was originally going to be the one to guide them through the woods? Yeah, I guess they were going to force that <laughs> old guy to take him on a trek up in the mountains. Oh, man. But I generally thought this was entertaining. Like, I, I watched the whole thing. It wasn't a struggle to get through. No. No. The way it was shot was kind of weird. It, it felt like a t- made-for-TV movie, especially, like, the beginning credits. I love oh, those. Like, sure. when he's suiting up in the woods in the morning and... Yes. It just got, like, that shitty font and it's, like, all glittery and stuff. Yeah. And it, it always, and I'm starting to get this vibe from Stone Cold movies. It always seems like he knows that they suck while he's making them. <laughs> it's just like, it's like he's going through the motions. Like, ah, oh, God, this movie fucking sucks. And yeah, this is my first Stone Cold movie. He's got a pretty impressive video on demand, like in the oh. 2000s. Like, he, I think he was like the heaviest actor out there for wrestlers. There was like nine, like, nine direct-to-video features. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the well is this deep. this one, I didn't like the performance. It seemed kind of like he was just being stone cold. Like the way he would, his reactions to like his daughter and stuff is just like, he was trying to be heartfelt, but it just came off just a wrestler like saying the lines bad, kind of. No, for sure. This, uh, this now, movie, is, go ahead, Jeff. This wasn't aligned with WWE Studios, was it, Bert? No, I think this is like a smaller independent movie. It, it was a Canadian film, I know that. So. <laughs> yeah, so I think yeah, I think they were working with a Canadian budget and Canadian people. Canadian dollars. This movie uh, inspired me to take a look at Maximum Conviction. Ooh, well that ties together because... The director of this movie, his name is Keone Waxman, but he now is responsible. He made Hunt to Kill in 2010 with uh, Stone Cold, and I know he's made a few more with Stone Cold, but he is responsible for the Seagull movement from, like, 2009 on. <laughs> the, the fat Seagull movement. Like, he's, all, oh. he's the director of all those. He's the director of, what was our next one, Eric? Maximum Conviction? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same director. So this guy, he found his golden horse, which is Seagull, and he stuck with him. <laughs> well, which is so. <sighs> so we are we are officially doing Maximum Conviction next, correct? I I'd like to do that one next. Oh yeah, have you seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it. Oh man, it's pretty hilarious. The, the whole time I can't <laughs> I can't think help but think. Of imagining Steven Seagal giving Stone Cold acting directions. You know, like little acting tips as they film. Uh, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, Jeff, check out 
Maximum Conviction, which I found on uh, Amazon, or I think I found it on Prime. I would need some credentials. Yeah, I could get you credentials, but yeah, it's on Prime, uh, and there was an option, it was free, but you had to do a couple ads or something, which was whack, but I'm excited for the next dollar band for Maximum Conviction, for sure. Hell yeah. Um, now, at the start of this movie, they were somewhere near the Texas-Mexico border. I'm like, oh, I, I thought there's going to be a greasy racial aspect that was outdated, especially in these Trump times. No, not re- yeah, this is, this is about 10 years old, so no, not really yet. It was just two guys on the Border Patrol job, and one of them is Eric Roberts, and he's like the top-billed guy of this movie, but he's in it like the first 10 minutes, and then he's killed. He, he was a top-billed guy? Yeah, he's like their top-billed actor when you look up IMDb. Like, he beats Stone Cold, and Stone Cold's like the lead of the movie. So what else is that guy in? I didn't even recognize him. Uh, well, you probably remember him. He was the guy that went to VH1 Celebrity Rehab for just weed, and he was, like, the one that was relaxed there the whole time, like, just having coffee and cigarettes, and everyone else is, like, you know, shaking heroin, and he's like, yeah, I just smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> but he plays, he plays, like, a lot of, uh, he plays, like, a lot of mob guys, and, like, villain guys in a lot of, like, 90s movies and 2000s movies. Okay. He was, uh, I don't know, he was like a character in the, Bat- the Chris Nolan Batman movies. He was like one of the monster guys. Huh, I'll have to look up the, the filmography. Yeah. Yes, Jeff? Of the heist crew, I have the list of their names besides the black guy, because the black guy always dies first. Oh, like aspect. They were all... Yeah, all those villains, all the the gang of thieves, the robbers, they were all cliche, and we should talk about some of them. I want to ask you who your favorite was, because, my God, we we had a cast of characters, and they all had a rapey sense to them. Yeah, I'll go through them. Like, the lineup was five main ones. There was the British guy who was, like, the strong man, and his name was Jensen. There was uh, Dominica, that was the femme fatale woman, the blonde that was, like, kicking everyone's butt. Yep. There was Geary, who was that skinny tech guy who was, like, oh, a smart ass. I loved him. When they show him his, yeah. his little tech his little tech center with his little computers everywhere and his fingerless gloves. Oh, yeah, he was so full of himself. <laughs> the, the black guy was Crab, and he was, like, the young guy making mistakes, henchman, like, I'm a hothead. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not smart enough for this kind of work. Wild card. Am I, well, I'll get to that because my favorite was the psycho wild card, and that's the uh, the new leader, Gil. Or no, his name's Banks. Yes, yes. But yeah, he's the heavy, and I liked his. I liked this guy throughout the whole movie. He, he had he had some funny performances. Now, <laughs> is, is Banks? I'm terrible with actors, and this guy just looked familiar to me. Was he one of the evil guys from Mr. Deeds? Um, Jesus, Jeff. Bad cats from Mr. Deeds. He could be. His he, name is. He looked like one of the, one of those guys. 
Yeah, he's a small time actor. His name is Gil Bellows, but yeah, I've, I can't remember. I haven't seen Mr. Deeds in so long, Jeff. Okay, well, but yeah, yeah, that was the one connection I made. Well, he's a Canadian film actor. I'm I'm on I'm on it here. I don't think he was in Mr. Deeds. What what year do you think that was? Like 2003 or something? Yeah, somewhere right around there. Deeds. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I think confirmed he was not in Mr. Deeds. Okay, well I'm terrible with actors, so. but I I will agree <laughs> that uh, Gary or Jerry, whatever his name was, was my favorite because of the Jeff Hardy type hand gloves and it, like. He thought he was so rad. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just because he's dated or a Canadian or what, but his, his, thought, his sense of style is completely out the window. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it's perfect for this movie because, like, the feeling you're supposed to get is these city, these uh, city robbers and, like, criminals, like, they're, they go out to the woods and, you know, city folk don't last long in the woods. No, hell <laughs> and, like no. they drink all their water and they lose their food and like they can't survive like Stone Cold can. <laughs> they smoke cigarettes. <laughs> they definitely cannot survive like Stone Cold can. No way. Okay, speak, speaking of Geary, the tech guy, his kill when Stone Cold hunts him later, that was hilarious. Yeah. Because he gets like his leg broken and he gets left behind by the group. They don't even kill him because a lot of the times they're killing each other. But they don't kill him, and they leave him, and it's like a horror movie because you see the Stone Cold ghost in the distance, and it's like out of focus. And then the camera turns, and he's like just the boogeyman standing there in front of a tree, and then the camera turns back, and he's gone. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very creepy kill, very, very Predator-like, because that was after he put the face makeup under his eyes and got all tactical. He had uh, a little twig sticking up out of his back so he could sneak up out of the bushes and bringing it around to predator this is when he starts giving his one-liners because do you yeah. remember what he what he said when he killed gary yes yes he's like i was supposed to gary is like crying on the ground begging for his life he's like i was supposed to catch up and he goes yeah well catch and he just shoots him with the crossbow and he's oh. dead oh my like, oh god he had a couple he had another legendary one that i forgot do you have any uh, other uh, what is yeah, it? I think I know exactly the one you're talking about. He, he kills someone with a stick and says, yep. Sorry, I could stick around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the end, he fights the brawler, and it's an extreme fight. Because the brawler is like the only one, the British guy, is like the only one that can fight out of the crew. But he tumbles with him, and yeah, he stabs him with like a branch, and he's like, Stick around. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is so like Predator. Yeah. I mean, that—that's actually. Sorry, I can't stick around. Yeah, that's yeah, like stick around effort. is literally the line from Predator that he used at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's the exact line when he throws that piece of like bamboo <laughs> through that guy's chest. Yeah. Stick around. Yeah, Stone, Stone Cold's more like, sorry, I can't stick around, and then yeah, sticks him with the branch. That uh, that Geary guy, his real name's Michael Eklund. And uh, he's in a he's in a bad he looks like he's in a bad wrestling movie called Choke Slams with Mick Foley. Oh my god! <laughs> Choke Slams. Yeah. So there's always that one for the future. Uh, yeah, I haven't even gotten to Mick Foley. No, but I think I'm excited for next time because 
that that movie's you guys are gonna like Maximum Conviction. It's it's Steven Seagal. It's everything we love about him. He's he's talking black again. He's 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 fat as hell. It's it's perfect. Listen here, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, one last thing while we're talking about kills that Austin is getting throughout the end of the movie. Uh, he starts hunting down all the henchmen, and he just throws a spear off the top of the cliff and kills the woman. And that's like the most graphic, like death I think, because like it just seems like. It's not right for her. Like, she was kind of helping the daughter as the movie was going along, and all of a sudden, he just, like, javelins this giant branch off a cliff, and it just impales her. I remember this. I remember feeling the same way. Like, yeah, that one didn't feel right for some reason. I was like, yeah, that seemed a little excessive. I think he was going for Banks, because that's who he yelled, but he just threw it and ran and just stabbed her. Yeah, Banks dove out of the way, let let, uh, Dominica take the branch. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'll I'll just kind of talk about the climax here a little bit. Like from there, you get well, Jim, cha- yeah, you get Jim chasing Banks into this mine, and they have like a mine fight. And the end of that was uh, it. Kind of reminded me of the recent WrestleMania where Undertaker uh, like speared AJ off the roof or whatever into all those pallets. Choke yeah, slam. Like they had a similar move with that at the end of their fight where they're exasperating. He just charges them and they not they fall down like 20 feet on a bunch of wood yeah and stone cold's able to uh turn them so that uh banks is on bottom and takes the front of the hit and damn near breaks his back oh yeah saves himself uh, but uh he does the classic thing where then jim leaves he thinks that banks is beaten and he goes and finds his daughter and then Banks, the psycho, comes out toting his gun, and I like I like his lines during this part. He's just like, "You can't kill me, <laughs> you can't kill me, Mountain Man." He's just calling him Mountain Man the whole time. Yeah. And uh, so Stone Cold takes his daughter's four wheeler because I forgot to add they were quadding earlier towards the end oh, of this. There's oh, like, I can't. There's a, there's, I, there's a chase scene on a four wheeler earlier. Oh, I can't believe you almost forgot about the, the climax of this with the four-wheeler. Go ahead. Yeah, and I felt like the four-wheeler was included so they could show Stone Cold peeling out and Hell doing yeah. badass wood shit. Hell yeah. But uh, he grabs his daughter's uh, four-wheeler that she rode up on, and uh, he goes, <laughs> he goes, hold on, I, I got to get the line. I can't, I got to read it right. He goes, He's like revs the engine. He's looking at him, and Banks is like begging him to come on, like charging him. And he goes, "When I hunt, I hunt to kill." And then he just guts it. It does a wheelie, and it's just riding this wheelie, and he just pins Banks right into like all this metal and shit, like just slams into him, pins him. So it's our second wrestler to head on kill somebody by just charging them with like their motorcycle or quad or whatever <laughs> anything but a car so far it's the funniest scene like how do you like it's the biggest part of the movie like this is the big scene that stone cold's gonna go over and fucking kill the bad guy finally and they do it by pinching him in between a quad it's just it was so yeah. odd to me and then he walks away and just has the flare gun and banks is screaming like a maniac and he just fires it and blows him up and that's the end and they walk away like, joking about 
taking a, a real vacation or whatever. <laughs> I almost want to. I almost want to watch that shit again. References in this movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, the the hunting and the crossbow is kind of his pickle. Like that got him through his tough times in life, Jeff. And, and the pocket watch that he got from his uh, killed comrade back in the Texas Mexico border. Yeah, and the watch comes into play later, and that's ridiculous because he unravels this. It's a survival watch with like all the rope in the band kind of thing, and he unravels it to tie it around this tree, and then climb down the cliffside to get the money earlier and i don't know if we're supposed to believe that all the rope came off the watch or like if he had some rope and some watch rope and he just tied the watch rope around the tree but even so like i would just tie my rope around the tree and save the watch twine for another time or whatever (laughs) yeah it Uh, made no sense i'm uh i'm happy to report that the same guy that geary guy Michael Eklund is has starred alongside Steve Austin in another flick called Tactical oh, Force. Boy. Tactical Force, and it's another Canadian action film. Yes. Yep, I got that on the list. That's a 2011 <laughs> one. Who'd you say the director of uh, Hunt to Kill was? Who did I say? Who uh, did I say it was what? The director of, of Hunt to Kill. The director. Director was uh, Keone Waxman. He's got kind of a weirder first name. Okay. No, this one's different. I thought maybe this was another one of his movies, but this is Adamo Polo something. I don't know. I can't. It's too advanced for a white guy. Uh, yeah. But, uh, no, the Keone guy, I think, just did a few Austin ones, and then he just stuck with Seagull. And yeah, I think he's still <laughs> making Seagull movies up into like 2018, uh, probably. Oh, for sure. Well, that, man, that was, uh, so yeah, I, I actually recommend Hunt to Kill, because when Stone Cold Steve Austin hunts, he hunts to kill, baby. Yeah, and if you're an outdoorsman type, and you like hunting, or the woods, or camping, and you're like, I want to see some city folk get, you know, have their wits strewn about them, and have some funny shenanigans and death out in the woods. Yeah, if you think you're... At the hands of a maniac, this is your kind of movie. Yeah, if you think you're a badass mountain man like Stone Cold Steve Austin, then get on board, motherfucker, and watch uh, Hunt to Kill on Netflix. Yeah, it's... Stone Cold's a treat. He's a weird actor. On yeah. a separate note, I just noticed whenever he was holding a gun, like a handgun, his hands are huge, like... Yeah. The guns look the guns look tiny in his big mitts. He's just like, What makes you think I can't snap his neck and shoot you at the same time? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like you don't look very fast to me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean he looks like a badass, but like, what what you said's correct. Like he's he's not that great of an actor. He's he was a much better wrestler. It didn't translate so well. But uh it's still it's still this one's worth a watch. I'm gonna give it um What's your what's our rating system? Do we have a rating system? Hot dogs. Okay. How, how, how many? Hot... I like the hot dog rating system, but I, I don't know how out of how many or uh, how how many dogs you should we should rate it. I say we go with a ten ten dog system. That way we can have a nice variance. Oh yeah, you can have a lot of variety. I'd say this one is closer to the seven or eight dog out of ten dogs. Okay. I had a I had a fun time. 
Uh, I mean, the, the dialogue's a little cheesy, but you'll enjoy the action scenes. And they're hard-hitting because, I mean, he's doing wrestling stuff, and he's he's slamming people on the ground, and they're, like, fighting in, in the dirt and everything. It's it's good. I'm, I'm going to give it eight dogs as well for the, uh, the death-defying falls that he survived over and over again. Eight dogs. Yeah, the, the giant mountain man. Yeah. Jeff, your dog count, please. I will go. I will go with six hot dogs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we got a six, seven, and eight. Uh, this is a, uh, but this is a boom. This is on a boom DDT hot dog scale, though, Jeff. So, you know, you have to. A no, a ten is like. Uh, a ten to me is Scorpion King. Okay. Well, then I, I think you're on the same track. Then okay. <laughs> <laughs> If a 10 is Scorpion King, okay. I think you understand the system. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, th- thank you for that uh, that Boom DET dollar bin, Bork, and we will tease the next one to be uh, Maximum Conviction, which I found on uh, Amazon Prime, if anybody would like yeah. to watch that. I think it's. I only got through about halfway, and I thought it was highly entertaining. I can't wait to do that one. So stay tuned uh, for the next Boom DDT dollar bin. Thank you, Bork. Thank you, boys. We'll give I'll you a round. You later. We'll give you a round of applause as you exit. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Take it easy. All right. Well, I guess that's it. We did a we did a nice long show today for anybody out there that's still quarantinoed. Oh yeah. Um, I gotta make these extra long for the quarantine boys, yeah. Girls, I'm back to work. Uh, last Thursday, so happy to announce, I'm back on the grind, baby. Hell yeah! Wear your mask. Yes, I. Well, my work scenario is pretty good. I don't really like. <clears throat> I'm working with like two other people, Max, and we're not side by side. Nice. So it's like three people in a really big shop. So. No worries for my work environment, I don't think, hopefully. Fingers crossed. But yeah, I do wear a mask when I go to the grocery store, Jeff, like a responsible American. There you go. What a patriot. You got a lot of people in Denver no masking it? They're backing it? Uh, some of them. It's, it's starting to get a little lax, but Denver itself is still on lockdown. Okay. That's good. All right, yeah. Jeff. Well, that was a... Uh, that was a good week. We'll try to get Bork back maybe next week. I don't know, but check out Maximum Conviction. I I, I think it's going to be a good one. I'll get you some credentials. Absolutely, dude. Sounds like a plan. All right. Um, night, night. Night, night. But now I don't it's understand. Start calling it. Now I don't. Now I don't understand. Good. Huh? I said, okay. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery! Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Hi, my name is Adam Reichert, co-host of the Talk Eastern Europe podcast. 
I'm sure you have heard about the country of Belarus, which has been dominating international news headlines and the massive protests and violence that broke out there. To understand this country better, we have prepared a special documentary podcast series called The Story of Belarus, The Nation, Its History, and A New Hope. In this 10-episode documentary, we explore the country in greater detail. You can learn more by visiting www.neweasterneurope.eu slash Belarus or listen anywhere you find podcasts.